This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the preseason two Where the Stars Fell Q&A. Um, my name is Newt Shadokati. I am the executive producer, showrunner, and general person who does things. Um, and today we are going to be answering the wonderful questions that you sent in for us with some members of the cast. Um, so I've got a list of everybody's names right here. Let's start from the top and go around and introduce ourselves. Hi, I'm John. I am the voice of Lincoln in Where the Stars Fell. Hi, my name is Kira. I voice Mama Gabe. Hey, my name is Kyle. I, I voice Mike. Hi, my name is Lucy, and I am a co-writer for season two, and I voice Molly. Hi, I'm Maddie, and I play Lucy Kensington. And as I said, uh, I'm Newt, and I'm also the voice of Ed. So, um, we have some awesome questions that got sent into us by our lovely listeners, and we are going to try and get through some of them uh, without going extremely long <laughs> over the time limit that I've set for us, after which we will probably go even longer and I'll fix it in post. <laughs> Blooper Reel this season is going to be really great, guys, and it's all John's fault. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> okay, so um, our first question comes to us from Eli, and uh, he says, what's your favorite episode of season two, of season one? So, John, let's start with you. I really liked, um, which one was that? The, uh, I don't know why, but the, the Claw episode. Four? That was always fun. Episode four, that was really good. <laughs> Um, you just like to hear me screaming in agony. It's because I made you do too many takes. Too many takes. That that's entirely it. Um, <laughs> no, I just really in, I, I really enjoyed it because it was um, it just gave me just the. It felt like an episode of It's Always Sunny. Sort of. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the part the, just the part where it was like, where are we supposed to leave that in? Like, oh shit. <laughs> you brought that, Lucy. You brought that up um, when I was showing you the scripts of like, oh, Ed wouldn't really think about that, would she? Oh yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. That's 
Yeah. That's also Sometimes I write well. Sometimes you write great days. (laughs) I relate Uh, to that. Of season two of of what you've hopefully read in preparation for recording. (laughs) What's your favorite episode, John? Uh, I like the part where uh, Alicia's there. <laughs> That's my favorite part of the series. Which episode were Lincoln's there? Um, that's a great question. No. <laughs> Let's go to the next uh, person. <laughs> well, I think about it. <laughs> go ahead. So season one, then season two? Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, season one, I mean, I would say, honestly, episode one, because I'm a sucker for world building. I just like it. It's fun for me. And then season two, probably episode 15, <laughs> because, which you will understand why in the coming weeks. Episode 15 is the most episode of the season. The, the most episode of all time. That one. Uh, it's just so good. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> Kyle. Go all right. Ahead. Well, I actually, uh, my favorite episode of season one, I think, is also probably episode four. Um, and that may be because it's the one I listened to like most recently. Really mm. getting a lot of safety vibes from this, <laughs> from this living room. <laughs> Maybe it's all the like blood and blah, you know, but uh, I, I thought it was really cool. I thought it had some really interesting dynamics going on. But um, for season two, yeah. <laughs> Before when I was going. Hello, LGBT. <laughs> it's about um, the dynamic. If you know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for season two, I absolutely love episode eleven. Though I adore that episode so Lucy much. Lucy wrote that one. It's it's so mm-hmm. fun. You it's literally so asked, fun. like, can I do? Can I do the redacted the trope that it is? And <laughs> I was redacted. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, um, can I speak? I'm the next person to speak. So. Yeah, 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 I'm done. So, oh God, once again, it sounds like I'm like cheating off of them, but my favorite episode of of season four is season four. four. I mean, of see, I'm nervous. Season (laughs) one is episode four. Um, It's partially because that's the one where I have my my two lines in it. (laughs) (laughs) Our turn. But also, it's just like the first time, in my opinion, where Lucy and Ed's dynamic really like starts to shift in some way and i really like i I think that's real juicy so that's definitely why it's one of my favorites um and then season two um i did write this episode episode 11 it's it was so so much fun fun. to write it took so it took so many drafts like it had to be redrafted like three times i think which it was a, a really, really big help on that just because like, you know, it deals a lot with Lucy's disability and they have been a fucking godsend of a sensitivity reader. Like, oh my God. It was, it was hard to write from that perspective because I was afraid to, um, Mess I was up. afraid to, I was afraid to fuck, I fuck up because like, that's a pretty sensitive subject that I don't have any experience with, but I, th- I think it's a strong episode and, um, I'm really excited for you guys to hear it. Maddie, yeah. I think it's your turn. Okay. Um, uh, again, um, from season one, uh, the claw episode, because that scene was so much fun to record. <laughs> it was! Give me your hat back. No. <laughs> Listen, I love playing Lucy in distress. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, which leads right into 
season two, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11. Oh my God, 11, episode 11. Redacted is my favorite like trope. <laughs> I pushed for that. I told Lucy, we have to do it. We have to do it. We have this opportunity. We need to seize the day. Carpe diem, bitch. And she said, fine. <laughs> I was so excited to write that. You are falsifying things because I was very excited to write that. Lawyer up, bestie. Lucy, Lucy, thank you so much. I read episode 11 and just like, ah, for like, for like the entire time I was reading it. Thank you so much for giving giving this to me to, to well, I'm glad that you appreciate it. Once again, I'm really glad to hear that people enjoyed it because that one was a um, labor of love. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a toughie but yeah um oh my gosh it's my turn um i would say well fuck i was gonna say four but i don't i have to be special <laughs> just say it just say four no i have to be the most special and esoteric bitch in this apartment <laughs> relatable um, can't help being an Aquarius. Four. Yeah, four, 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 four. 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 <laughs> Don't talk four, to four, you. Can four, talk four. to me about hive mind in a second. <laughs> um, okay, then you know what? Then I'm gonna say my favorite episode is episode seven. Um, I um, I come from the Gravity Falls school of writing that says um, <laughs> gun is the only gun you'll ever need. Yeah. <laughs> unless someone tries to bring in a ladder. Wink, wink. I got it. So yeah, so much of the season was just like leaving these little details that, you know, I don't want to call them like plot hints because like they're just parts of how Ed lives with her disability that, you know, make up her life. Um, but you know, all the little stuff like her conversation with Lucy in episode three or the fact that she takes all of her notes on a tape recorder or the fact that she has no idea who this super famous author is because Lucy's books don't have audiobooks. So how would Ed know about them? And that is what a surprise tool that will help us later season two that we address, um, that Maddie fucking kills it in, by the way. Um, Thank you. but yeah. And then you get like, you know, you get all of the buildup, um, in this also very fun to record knockdown drag out fight. Um, that has apparently everybody's favorite line of the show, which is my chemical romance is not a valid excuse to call an ambulance. That one doesn't count. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just a really good episode for like bringing everything together and then giving you an entirely new way to view these characters dynamic. Because like now they're for the most part on equal footing in terms of, hey, my life has been kind of difficult and here is why. Um, and you can tell, like, we talked about it, Maddie, um, in the, in the episode eight Patreon commentary of how, like, after that episode, there's a shift in their dynamic. Cause like, they fucking had a real conversation about it. Um, episode eight course, seems also so much fun, so much fun to play. Like the, like the, op the opening scene where they're just bantering while Ed's sitting weird on the couch, like that kind of thing. <laughs> like it's so much fun and it's only possible because they, they, um, talked work past because they communicate <laughs> uh, ed and lucy are two incredibly brilliant individuals who made wisdom a dump stat <laughs> <laughs> I of course that gets the biggest laugh from the two teenage boys in the room why i've been playing D, &D for too long Wait, i've been instantly. playing D, D for too long no hush it's fine <laughs> anyway my favorite episode of season two obviously is episode 14. 
Lucy knows why. Maddie knows why. <laughs> I just had a visceral reaction. Well, here's the thing is that I know why specific. No, here's the thing. I know why specifically, but there are so many other layers as to why it's your favorite episode and why it's going to be like being deboned for the audience. <laughs> um, so I'm very excited for just I the whole season. But... to write episodes 13 and 14, which spoilers are a two-parter with a very specific intention with a very specific set of baggage in my heart that I wanted to check at the baggage claim. I feel that I achieved it. I feel that I did it. I feel that I've said it and I've done my piece. And once those two episodes are out in the world, there will be peace. Also, episode 14 comes out the day after my birthday. Our lawyers are calling and they need you to stop. Our lawyers are calling and they need you to stop. (laughs) If you know, if you know, you know why I'm excited for this episode. And also just because it has like some of my favorite acting I've gotten to do. There's a specific, like, you know, trope in the two-parter that I love playing very much. A lot of um, this season, like, in the from the writing room perspective, was us um, <laughs> having, like, a set of things that we knew we needed to do, like, narratively and, like, overarching or overarching. But, like, but then we would be like, can we do this trope? And then we would f- finesse it into the season. And that was really fun. Episode 12 is a good example of that. Because, like, I know you came up with it while we were still, like, throwing shit around before we didn't think. Yeah, so that one was the one where I was like, oh, they're not going to let me write this. And then you were, like, enthusiastic about it. So. um, And that's when you should be scared. Yeah, so I. That's definitely another this is a good season is what i'm i'm hearing from the mm-hmm. group and from myself i'm biased <laughs> from my heart and my mind from my heart and my mind i'm and a my diaphragm and my diaphragm and my throat I'm a, coat <laughs> ew i'm a little bit biased but um yeah it's i'm really excited for <laughs> both of you are in theater do you not know what throat coat is yeah i've never like, heard that in my life and i have a yes, theater degree. you have it's throat coat tea throat coat tea you, Lucy, you can't be looking me in the eyes <laughs> the right now. The theater person doesn't know what throat coat is. Laughing point, laughing point. <laughs> is, it, is, is it a vocal warm up? worst name. No, it's, it's vocal literally warm-up? like tea. It's like you drink it. Mm-hmm. It coats your throat so that you can sing better. Well, I don't do musical theater. Yeah, I, it's, That's in a my bold face it's always flag. been used in musical theater for sure. Sure, but I haven't done musical theater for four years. I'm feeling really betrayed right now. Season two is going to be good, is what I'm saying. <laughs> okay, conclusion. Yeah. You have to listen to episode 14 and tell your friends. That's my birthday present. I'm claiming it. I'm claiming it. <laughs> Manifesting. <laughs> Manifesting. Angel numbers, what have you. So Marla um, asks, congrats, your show is so good and inspiring. Aw, thank you. I'm reading the full question, so I'm not just like <laughs> tooting my own horn here. That's it. Next, Next question. question. <laughs> so she has some... Um, was the dynamic of Lucy and Ed always planned to be like this, or did you first have other dynamics in mind? Which ones? Maddie? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you looking at me? I cast him a Montalajo do into my podcast, and we know how. <laughs> um, so I, um, I always knew that like I wanted to set the show in like the modern day and the wilderness and the forest and all that and have those very good vibes. And, you know, obviously the best dynamic to go in an environment like that is skeptic believer. Mm. Um, So I knew that like, I had to like put a spin on it and make it kind of fresh. And it's like, okay, so what if the skeptic is like a skeptic for a very specific personal reason? And what if the believer is a believer 
because she's connected to the supernatural in some way. And the reason that like, you know, I want to believe is because, well, maybe if I do, I'll like figure out what I am and why I'm here and stuff like that. Like the mm -hmm. roles aren't just like distant from them. They are connected to the very existence of their character. And also the X-Files was my quarantine show. You know what? Mine was trailer park boys. <laughs> We are not the same. We are not the same. Mine was Trailer Park Boys. I love the honesty. Your Kinsey score is dropping. What was the question? <laughs> the question was, um, how did we decide the Ed Lucy dynamic and were there other dynamics planned? Maddie did such an insanely good job in season one that so much of the way that we write Lucy in season two, because season two is the season of Lucy. It's the hot Lucy winter, if you know what I mean. <laughs> um, the winter of Lucy's life. She did such an amazing job in season one that like so much of how we wrote Lucy ended up like influenced by that. Like Lucy was like originally, and you can kind of tell in season one, like apart from Maddie's acting, Lucy was originally more of a straight man. Like she usually was like a little more toned down. She wasn't a crazy, a crazy girl. And then season two was like, oh, okay. So Maddie's good with playing bad shit insane. Let's do bad shit insane. Listen, it's it's my inability to modulate my voice. Thank you for that. It adds so much to the broth of our podcast. So yeah, basically skeptic believer. Um thought it would be very fun and cool. And you know, I don't really think it's been done in the particular um, flavor of fantasy that we do. Um, mm -hmm. That will sound a lot less false after episode nine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then obviously, you know, there's some other character influences like Mulder and Scully, um, mm -hmm. uh, the two main characters from Russian Doll, um, the man of which his name is completely slipping me at the moment. Um, I've always sort of pictured Ed looking a little bit um, like uh, like Natasha Leone in that role, the hair, right. at least. And then, of course, we have other great dynamics in the shows that are inspired by other things. <laughs> 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 oh, my gosh. Okay, so Clove, um, she asks, for the actors, what do you do to get into character and how did you go about building your performance? Um, well, we're technically all actors here, so let's just start from the top. Um, mm -hmm. John, what did you do to get into this character of Dilf? That's a very good question, Newt. <laughs> Gotta enter Dilf headspace. Uh, yeah, I just, I entered that zone where I was like, trucks, beer, <laughs> farms, hay. Two trucks. <laughs> Two trucks. <laughs> oh, no. No. Um, I thought to myself, I was like, well, Lincoln works on a farm. Mm -hmm. I'm familiar with that. <laughs> I know the concept. We're diversifying the podcast audience by getting people who've been outside. I'm the outdoorsman. He touches um, grass. We got I one. I, I observe clouds. I touch grass the whole nine yards. Um... <laughs> Had a really hard time getting into character uh, to record lines for second season. I don't know if you uh, ten lines. He has ten lines ten. In the entire season. It was ten. It was ten. both of our sessions were an hour long. One was an hour thirty. The other was an hour. But the I first one in. was because there was a tornado warning. That is also true. 
I walked in and I got to I got to my lines and for some reason I just pulled this random crazy ass cowboy vo- if voice out of my head. If you say it, I'm gonna beat you over the head with the microphone. Why can't I say it? It was funny because it's like someone is clawing their nails on the chalkboard of my heart. Okay, just I kind of want to hear it. I, do, I, do, I would, I would like to, I would like to see it. Fine. Okay, so when I when I first got to the to, to recording, uh, I leaned up to the mic. And I, hold on. I don't care anymore. And I said, howdy, y'all. <laughs> oh my I don't know God. what happened. Now my the is a TV show that you got it from. Yeah, it was. Hee Haw, it is an American television program. Yeah. Hee Haw? <laughs> it's called Hee Haw? Yeah. What my year is it? This and be like, I'm so proud of you, honey. <laughs> Remember Hee Haw? <laughs> what year cracked. is it? I forgot the, the voice and then. It took it took a good half an hour. Half an hour to uh, get familiar with it again. <laughs> I fear for the person listening outside the Bragg podcasting booth. I really do. It, ooh, <laughs> no, I envy them. Over that the course fun. of the seasons, they've heard some shit. <laughs> I oh, hope there there's the just Mr. somebody Krabs who hangs out. Uh, K-pop yeah. stand. There's somebody. <laughs> there's some firm lore. There's a there's a where the stars fall stand that hangs out around the booth who has no pirated way. the entire second season. <laughs> <Yeah>. by me. <laughs> Like right first the first I met a fan of Inkworm. It was so crazy. That's fucking insane. I know, Whoa. right? I almost walked away and then laid down in the snow. <laughs> a valid reaction. To it would have sizzled that. like a glass of Pepsi. My face was like on fire. I was like, oh. Once oh. again, what was My the question? My voice sounds like really different now. <laughs> Once again, what was the question? Oh my god, the question was, um, what do you do to get into character and how did you go about building your performance? So that's, we know, we fucking know how John did it now. Trust. <laughs> Trust. That's perfect, everybody. Trust. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. Kira, how did you go about building okay. your character? Building my character, well, um. <laughs> well, we typecast you. Lucy, let yeah, me typecast you. I have a long history of playing uh, women one might describe as MILFs. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) so this I just came in and was like I okay I get what's going on here um I have family who are ranchers and so for some reason just the idea of this like these country people who like have this work ethic but are also just kind of I don't know over everybody's shit like too old for this it's already the food service worker yeah yeah <laughs> no i just thought i channeled that and um, there's a moment in episode 10 where like a thing happens and you're like oh hell no i felt that in my chest i felt it and i was coming from the depths of my soul method <laughs> i was releasing some things Maybe Brian Cox was wrong. Maybe Method is good, actually. <laughs> Maybe I cracked it, and now it's good. <laughs> I fixed it. Yeah, Kira fixed it in that one line. You're so you just society. to get into character, you just like put on a little apron and go. <sighs> I scream into a flannel that I've bunched up in my car. <laughs> <laughs> we keep talking about it, but you did so good in episode fifteen. I was Aww. like crying with laughter from the director's booth like there were legitimate tears coming down my face oh that makes me so happy i had such a good time doing it such a you good really feel thing. gabe this season just start to lose any fucks you might have had before <laughs> if there was any facade of like 
professionalism before me directing yeah (laughs) it's just like it just disintegrated yeah no she's like (laughs) gone jinx Um, so Kyle, how did you go about building um, Mike, and how do you get into character of the Simp Master? Uh, oh yeah, uh, <laughs> well to be honest, I could like be like, well, uh, I like employed all like these acting techniques I learned like in theater school. <laughs> I, like, your textbook. Yeah, I'm like I mm-hmm. use like Meisner technique and like came in and like yeah, I love Meisner. Meisner's great, but quite honestly, for Mike, I was just like, this is just like a relatable like high school. He's boy. just some guy. Yeah, I was literally just, gonna say that. <laughs> like to me, like Mike is no different than me like two years ago, and I still feel like who I am two years ago. So I'm like, oh, it's me. <laughs> That's who I'm playing. And then we brought Sufi into the picture this season, Mm -hmm. which was just like, oh my gosh, they're so cute, I could throw something. Mm -hmm. Sufi Mm -hmm. is just one of the the most characters of all time. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Yeah, Sufi is adorable, so it was not hard to be like, yeah, that's we wife guy. Oh, yeah, we wife oh guy. We made him a wife so guy. <laughs> that was so sincere. He's not even married yet. He's 18 years old and he's already a wife guy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right now. Oh my god, I'm. I feel so them. old. All of a literally, sudden. I'm like, why? When did I become decrepit? Maybe we are milfs. <laughs> it's 21 year olds. I know. Lucy. Um, how do you get oh, into character? This is the fact that my character has the smallest role out of everybody who's spoken so oh, I far. I would say with Minisode number one, it's too small. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that like the the journey to Molly has been fascinating because what had happened is I edited the scripts for the first season of Where the Stars Fell. And as a gift, Newt was like, there's a bunch of characters we have. Just pick one and I'll I'll let you do it. And I ended up picking the um, 911 operator in episode four because it was my favorite episode and I was like I can handle this Mm -hmm. and I recorded two takes of it the first one was just sincere customer service and the second one was like April from Parks and Rec like (laughs) I fucking hate my job I fucking hate these I hate these two people who live out in the cabin and I hate my job and I was like pick one and you picked the second one and through a series of text conversations um molly became a parody of of me (laughs) so i don't really have to get into character to play molly i just play an extended version of myself remember at the beginning of quarantine when you were like no hey newt want to do a podcast and i was like you asked me okay no you know it's fine it's fine you asked me to do a podcast but then i got wrapped up in, in making season in making season uh in season one and i was like hey lucy come into my wine cellar (laughs) why my friend lucia we have so many delicious bottles of wine in our wine cellar why don't you come inside do you mind I, the bricks and i was like don't mind if i do and now i'm here and i started stacking them up one by one by one by one by one and now you're in a writer's room <laughs> well that's how i get into character for molly i don't i am molly maddie how do you get into character so first um have like a couple of uh tongue twisters to say in the accent and nice. then I, I say than you two yeah. <laughs> and then I say and then I say a bunch of like um sentences that include Dr. Tucker in a disparaging voice. <laughs> like, 
literally, I'm afraid, Dr. Tucker, that that, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and that is, that is, that is what I do before I get on call with you for recording. Yep. I really hope we can do a live show one day because the faces you make when you do Lucy's voice are just incredible. <laughs> oh God. The, the thing that, you know, I hadn't met you, um, like properly and over FaceTime until we did the table read. I remember hearing your natural voice and being like, oh my God. No, literally. <laughs> you're like a voice actress, voice actress. Got it. <laughs> you're like this, you're like doing a character. No, like, but fantastic like, Maddie work. is a STEM student. Like Maddie's about to go into the science workforce. You had no training before you did Where the Stars Fell and the beforehand projects with me. I mean, she's like I kicking mean, my I was ass a speech too. Kid. I was a speech kid in, in high school for four years. So like, I don't know That'll if that kind of that training do or whatever. Yeah. 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 Raise, your, raise your hand if you did oral language. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, your facial expressions are great. And then like, obviously, you know, podcasting is a vis is not a visual medium. So nobody knows about like how whack my <laughs> gestures get. But like, please imagine at all times when Ed is talking that like her hands are in a 360 degree circle of what the fuck. It's really good imagery. What do I do to get into character? Uh, well, I think about all of the states, the different states that I grew up in, and I try to pick a southern accent from that. <laughs> That's actually and then pretty I method. Sprinkle a little mask on it. Little mask, little butch. A touch. So Artemis, um, they say, how does it feel to finally go from planning and writing to recording and releasing what you've created? Um, I mean, I'm used to it by now, but what? How about y'all? Lucy, you're making some great movements with your hands. Do you want to verbalize them? So the only writing experience I ever had before this was um, theater writing. So like, I'm partially familiar with the feeling of like, writing a script and then like hearing it and seeing it and that being kind of a surreal thing. But not in this format. It has been such a weird thing for me personally. In a positive Maddie, I way. I know that like, you talked to me when like we first started recording and we're like, I'll be honest, I didn't think it was gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't not think that um that like whatever was gonna happen. What I thought was um with, so first um I I I uh, first met and worked with Newt for a um sort sort of a fan play project, right? And at the end of that, um they said by that um, she means radio play, not anything else you might have just thought when you heard the word fan play. <laughs> <laughs> no, right, 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 right. Good night, everybody. Oh. <laughs> um, no, um, and at the end of that, they were like, hey, would you be interested in working on um, this podcast that I'm doing? And I said, sure. And I thought that you meant like, I need another episode character voice or something. And I will ask this person who I happened to meet one time. And then, and then, the, and then um, you were like, hey, podcast time. And I was like one of the two main characters. <laughs> Um, and I was like, whoa, wait, wait, really? Legit? Like, for real? You're giving this to me? Um, and it, so it was super exciting. And like, I, I was thrilled to work on it. But I did not realize that that was what that that scale was what you wanted me for. Um, <laughs> so uh, that's, that's what that was. That was what my surprise was. I know I sort of like, smuggled you two from the school theater department like yeah <laughs> first semester we were still in like pretty heavy covid lockdown <laughs> theater. 
Um, so like our production of Romeo and Juliet was uh, oh, not no. just of any of your classmates, but not it. <laughs> just not it. Uh, who did you guys play? I'm sorry. Like, this is not it. Yeah. Who did they? they who did touch. they play? Who they had they fight play? scenes and they couldn't touch. Who did you guys play? Sorry, not I need to know. Nobody. They weren't in oh. it. They Shit, weren't in well, it. thank God. They had fight scenes <laughs> and they couldn't touch. <laughs> no, but you I guys was, like, had putting up posters around campus. Like, you guys did Romeo and Juliet without touching? Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. That's like the horniest one. That's yeah. the horniest one. I'm like horrified. Uh -huh. <laughs> I'm like shivers and chills. Okay. This is not the first time our department has done something questionable like that. <laughs> no, but I put up posters around campus um, with like, hey, do you want to do voice acting? Um, and a couple of people um, sent me emails and like, hey, I would love to do voice acting, but I was mainly doing it because I knew, I knew that there weren't going to be a lot of theater productions that year because of COVID. Mm -hmm. So I could strike Ooh. while the iron was hot. I could lure all of the desperate little theater actors into my podcast to work little for pancakes. Well, may I say, I as, a, as a, that's literally you what you did. Pancakes. That's literally what you did to me as a playwright because I was like, well, I haven't written <laughs> well, anything for two for two years. I'm and, not an evil genius at all. And I, and you were like, do you want to do a project? And I was like, hungry and like shivering. And that's I was like, kind yes. of what happened to me too i took them <laughs> all into this oh podcast <laughs> i didn't know how what, it happened did you start a cult no <laughs> literally oh i got a text you prefer the term freelance religious donations can be sent yeah so like after we're done what recording here would you find fellows like some kool-aid <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no. Oh, too I soon i already drank um, the water here <laughs> <laughs> no but what kira was just saying Oh yeah, like I knew, I've known Lucy forever and we've like talked about creative projects like forever. And so I got a random text that was like, hey, can you send me like a quick clip of you saying literally any line? I just need to hear your voice to like send it to somebody. And I was like, Normal that's kind of strange. Send to someone? <laughs> right? I was like, well, I mean, I guess I won't ask further questions and I don't remember what I you recorded, really didn't. but I just <laughs> sent like this audio clip and then like, I think, I can't remember if it was that night or the next day, but Lucy was like, hey, Newt wants you to be in their podcast. Are you down? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I haven't done shit creatively in so long. I would Childhood to friends to coworkers. Yeah. I'm, Kira and I are parasiting our way into Caldera Studios. Truthfully. <laughs> I don't know. Who are we going to bring in next, Kira? It's either, oh, it's either, it's either your girlfriend or uh -huh. Bridget. Yeah. <laughs> or your sister. It's one of the two. <laughs> Either of them. Jessica. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, um, I've indoctrinated uh, all of you into the podcasting community. Congratulations. Yeah. The door is nowhere. <laughs> I'm glad. There are no exits. There are no doors. Hell is other people. Mm. <laughs> Shit. Jesus Christ. And that's really positive. I love my time here. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> the question the was, how does it feel to actually be putting out a thing? And I was like, well, for the first timers who this is not their job, how does it feel? Because like you guys had never done podcast work before, like or voice acting. Mm -hmm. Like I had to help you guys like learn how to act for a microphone. Yeah, I've done like one audition before and that's it. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the thing with John was like, I need you to stop moving your fabric. That <laughs> <laughs> in my hands. I was white knuckles in the fucking oh, no. booth. Because I need to gesture. It's what I do. Right, same. Yeah. Like, that's, it's, 
I mean, and then you sit down, it's like, don't move. <laughs> What do you mean? <laughs> it's a bit darkly funny watching people who have only had to act on stage adjust to voice acting because it's like, hey, I need you to take your like volume down. There's one microphone right here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're in somebody else's ear, not playing to the back of the theater. We need to send it to the back of Audacity so the people in the back of Audacity can hear us. <laughs> it was such a fascinating perspective because like I'd grown up doing both like theater acting and kind of voice acting. Cause like I was making inkworm while I was in high school. So I had always sort of like been able to switch between the two very like without thinking about it, but then being on like the outside and having to like show to other people like, no, this is what you do for this particular thing because of this and this and this, it was a really cool experience as a director that like I had to think about this in a different way. And it was very fun. Mm-hmm. It was very fun. Yeah, it was very fun to learn as well. Mm-hmm. Well, like there's that, but it was like pulling teeth. <laughs> <laughs> well, like once ag- once again, like when I first started writing for this podcast, um, Newt's note was like, "This is an audio medium and not a visual medium, mm-hmm. so try to use it." And then I think I kind of made them suffer for that this season. <laughs> I'm not. I am not anti putting things that the audience will never see into your scripts. I think you need to leave little things for your actors to help them like build a character or build a scene. That being said, sometimes I did have to go to you and be like, okay, so the audience doesn't have this information. They need to hear it. How are you going to get us to hear it? And I was like, you were in your Futurama era, so you were all visual comedy. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was true. I was that was when I watched all five seasons of Futurama in like two weeks. Yeah, there I was are in... only five seasons. No, so I come from like the school of writing where it's like, well, I have a really good idea for a project. Um, I can't wait to never finish this. <laughs> <laughs> so seeing where the stars fall come to fruition twice has been insane to me. <laughs> That's what was kind of wild is because I remember for season one we recorded all of my lines in like a day, maybe like there was maybe one pickup session that we did. And then after season one came out, I got a DM from somebody who I went to high school with on Instagram, who I haven't spoken to in like five years and was like, I I just finished listening to Inkworm. And now I started where the stars fell. And I heard that your name was in it and that you're in this. And that's so crazy. And I was like, holy shit, I'm famous. So yeah, I mean, it's been very cool watching everybody else's reactions to, um, to this, because like I said, it's like a day in the life for me. It's like what I, I get to do what I love and that's awesome. But like mm-hmm. seeing everybody else like, oh my gosh, guys, we're right there. Like, wow. It's just like, mm, it warms my heart so much. This is not a cult. This is not a cult. <laughs> for legal reasons. For legal reasons. <laughs> okay, uh, Sam, uh, they ask, I'm a patron and really loved the Ring of Peace story. It was really cool to read about Lucy's relationship with her gender as a butch lesbian. And I hope you don't mind, but I showed it to my girlfriend and she loved it. Of course not. Nothing but respect for my troops. Salute you fellow soldier. Everyone salute the butch lesbian girlfriend. We're saluting them. Thank you for your service. Uh, My question is, have you thought as much about Ed's gender and are there any plans to explore it? So I did, I did think a lot um, about Lucy's gender, just as I know that, you know, the experience of, of being a butch lesbian is not a monolith. My experience, in fact, is a lot different from hers. 
Um, I am of the appearance that I'm very easily mistaken for a particularly feminine gay man. It's happened a couple of times. It's really funny when I'm like walking down the street and they, they're giving me like the look and they're very clearly confused about what insulting thing to call me. So I can kind of like oh. see it pinging back and forth of their heads of like, but I mean, yeah, like I'm, I'm okay sometimes with like being mistaken for a man. I think it's very funny when it happens. Um, but you know, I know that like a lot of butch lesbians have the experience where they really don't like when that happens it, it's very hurtful so i really wanted to you know give that to lucy and be like okay well what does this experience look like sort of broaden my perspective um but in terms of ed what's really interesting is that she has a kind of masculinity that is very much a um a product of the place where she grew up um you know the american south and the appalachian region which i know a lot of our cast is from and you know, there is, there's a very specific kind of like rugged individualistic masculinity where like you're hunting and you're fishing and that. Compact bows, trouts, lures, fish, <laughs> deer, antlers, fuck put deer. them on the car. Fuck deer. Seriously, no. fuck deer. I don't, I don't do that. Has don't do that. I won't. I won't actually. <laughs> God. Lift those trucks. They're lower than two, 20, 20 feet off the ground. Not a man. <laughs> the amount of lifted trucks I started seeing was like a it's bag paid. of. It's paid. It's hell. Oh it's my God. It's awful. And the cackles in California. Like, <laughs> Why? Why do you need it to be that lifted? Why? You're just there like, I'm in Prius country. Like, Good job, everybody. <laughs> I'm in Prius country. <laughs> Like I'm in smart car country. <laughs> they leave in a fart of smoke, and yeah. it's just like where'd they go? And it's like to hillbilly land. I can't. Yeah. This isn't. This isn't me doing a bit. It's literally me having horrible object permanence. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> the question was about Ed's gender. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Was, you know her. Her. Her gender is like a very specific version of masculinity. That's like. Um, quite um that, that's you know a part of the region uh where she's from and you know that that sort of plays into both i think her strengths as a character you know she's she's got that determinism she's she, she it's, it's a caretaking mentality at its best you know the i want to provide for the people that i care about but you know i think it also plays into a lot of the flaws that come with that you know, that experience of masculinity. It's individualistic. Um, it's I'm going to do it myself and I don't need nobody else to help me. And as we see in season two, that comes out to bite Ed quite a bit, especially after certain events occur. Wink, wink. But, um, you know, Ed and I both have very similar experiences with that kind of masculinity. And just because it was the kind that I learned with where I grew up. So I sort of, I wanted to... Um, I wanted to put that into her character because we don't really see, we don't see masculine women in the media period much, but mm -hmm. we especially don't see a lot of portrayals of, you know, Southern and rural masculinity in women, um, or at least from an authentic depiction. That, that, but, that isn't mean-spirited. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. That isn't like mean-spirited or like a stereotype or anything like that. That's just like, this is, this is, this is something that really influences who you are when you grow up with it and you can choose to take on the positive qualities of that, which I think Ed very much tries to do. Um, or you can sometimes let the more negative ones affect your life. And, you know, 
it's a part of her character. Um, I guess what I'm saying is she wears a lot of Levi's. Nice, <laughs> nice. A lot of Wranglers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, no, here's the question. Is Princess lifted? Oh. Um, no, no, I feel like that's, I feel, no, 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 here, here. I don't think Ed needs to compensate like that. Ed does not need to compensate. That's what I was gonna say. Ed doesn't need to compensate. Thank you. Thank you. There's the answer to that question. All right. Um, and then I think we're looking at time. We've got our last question. Um, and Al says, um, what character do each of you see yourself in the most and why? Oh. Um, <laughs> why? Oh, you already know who it is. Oh, <laughs> really uncomfortable day to be me. No, no it's, it's Lincoln. It's, I mean, I... I got I got the email from Newt and they were like, um, what 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 I saw most out of that email was brick shit house. And I was like, <laughs> you should have told me. We cut co- we covered this in the commentary track, but you should have just told me that you were six foot one. <laughs> and I would have been like, boom, you're hired. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of it that I see in Lincoln that's like, yeah, I I know too much about that. <laughs> <laughs> He's seen some things he wishes seen... he could unsee. Uh, it's it's that being... weird chick from Asher Road is staked out in your yard, and she's having this emotionally tense conversation with her roommate, and you can kind of hear like one side of it from where you're sitting on the porch mm-hmm. with a seven-inch can of Bud Light. <laughs> the tall boys, yeah. It's just, um, but yeah, you don't uh, want to know. Be, being in living really like being on and living near like a cow farm, it's you see too much, and then you and you learn too much. And then it gets to the point where they're like, you're a man, you don't need gloves. It's like, no, I need gloves. Um, but I'm projecting here. That's not the point. The point is, <laughs> it's Lincoln. <laughs> Fun. Kira. Kira. Uh, <laughs> it feels like, <laughs> I know who that is. Um, it feels like a little bit of a cop out, but I mean, Mama Gabe, I don't know. There's, I, I have a typecast for a reason. Like, I just, I feel like I identify with her in the way where it's, she is in charge of these things that she doesn't, I don't know, she didn't like necessarily mean to be in charge of. She just kind of found herself in this situation. She's like, like, can you cover the shift for 100 staff? Literally. (laughs) No, you, you, yes. It's when you get called into work to cover somebody's shift and then it ends up being the worst shift of your life. And all you can think about the entire time is I could have been at home right now. I didn't have to be here. That's like that entire coworker that you really, really hate. hate Yes, exactly. And I just, I feel that in my soul. And I just, I appreciate Gabe. That bit's going to be really funny after episode nine with the new context. (laughs) Especially because we know who called Gabe in. (laughs) And we've all been there. We've all been there. (laughs) Um, Kyle, who do you most relate to? uh, Well, um... I think the easy answer is, and kind of answered this earlier, because I'm just like, with Mike, I just don't really feel the need to get into character. I can see a lot of myself in Mike as well. But if I were to pick like a second character as well, just someone else, I think I see a lot of myself in Ed as well. Really? Yeah. Mm. Um, specifically when Ed like mentions about having like the, uh, having like a learning disability. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't, I've always been terrible at school. I've never been great at it. 
um, or I guess like in elementary school, it's kind of like that gifted kid thing. And it's, but then like, as you get older, even I know a lot of people say once they go to college, it happens, but I noticed that I was having a lot more trouble in school, even in like middle school specifically, mm-hmm. um, having a lot of trouble, like doing stuff like that. And so I don't know. I just thought that like, it was the way that it was described. It was, it was an episode five, right? Or was it episode uh, seven. Seven. seven? Seven is when she has the yeah. monologue and yeah. talks about it. Yeah. In episode seven, I related a lot to what, uh, to what, what was Ed was saying there. And I was like, yeah, I can definitely see how things like that would be very difficult. So, I think yeah. it's really great that we had, um, you know, a character who's an academic and who has that really, really complicated relationship mm-hmm. to academia. That's mm-hmm. just like, Hey, there is not only one kind of smart that you can be. I know we're all like creative people in the mm-hmm. same room saying that, but mm-hmm. there's not only one kind of smart that you can be. And it's okay to have a really complicated relationship with the institutions that, that let you do the cool things that you do because no institution is perfect. No, definitely. I think one of my favorite lines of season two that Lucy wrote is um, people before institutions, kid, which is a thing that Ed says. And it was a really great line. Speaking of which, Lucy, who do you do? <laughs> So it's, once again, it feels like a cop-out answer, but, like, Molly is straight up a parody of, of myself. <laughs> and I like have this one. You did. And, like, but here's the thing. Let me, like, kind of get into that. I'm, like, a total hopeless romantic, but I'm also, like, a horrible cynic. And it's the it's one of the funniest parts of Kira is nodding because she's known me for 10 years. Um, <laughs> um, but it's one of the, my, it's one of the most interesting dynamics in the, the two wolves inside me thing. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. And um, Newt clocked that immediately and used it for profit. And I kind of appreciate that. If I had to pick another character, though, I would have um, also probably gone with Ed for a similar reason to why Kyle went with Ed, which is that, like, I mean, I'm studying to become a theater professor or a writing professor. And um, it's the English English major cycle. It really is. But it's it's this idea of, like, well, like I said, people for institutions, like I love the idea of learning and sharing knowledge, but I hate the way that um, intelligence is measured in our society. Yeah. Um, and sorry, I'm going to keep going. I'm just going to list characters who I relate to. Um, <laughs> I had to write a lot for Lucy um, in season two. I wrote a lot of Lucy episodes and she was initially when the show first started one of I don't mean to be mean, but one of my least favorite characters. I found her kind of grading. No, um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> No, but I found her, I found her grading from the perspective that I related more to Ed. Um, and it was like, shut the fuck up. The more as I wrote her, the more that I had to like kind of spend time with her, if that makes sense. And we're besties now. Mm-hmm. Lucy for Lucy. You got <laughs> Lucy squared. I Lucy never said squared. anything bad about Lucy. Lucy is my friend. <laughs> what? I would never say that. Paris I, I, people will be like, is Lucy named after you? No, nothing to do with me. It's an insult. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> I mean, we all know how Lucy is not a very common name, so <laughs> there's but no way. Have asked me. No, but people have insult. asked me before. Maddie, who do you relate to the most? Oh my god! So you know, at this point, <laughs> I mean, we're we're what five for five? Like oh, Lucy? Like partly because I think I feel like I put a lot of myself into her as I play her. Yeah. Like, like on paper already, she like on the half of the odd couple that I always related to more like mm. the the more the the sort of please pick more up your shoes please one. pick up your shoes please, please pick up your shoes please 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 keep, keep be 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 more organized like like let me let me have my space the way I want it like 
um and like autism be social diff- like like social difficulty having difficulty with um with letting people in with vulnerability like um all like there there are so many parts of her that um already like on on paper um like called out to me and then like the more that I played her and especially going through like season two as you see her um like like you 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 said um (laughs) you let Lucy be a little a little more wild in season two and like it just you had a lot of fun with that I put I put my I put myself into Lucy and and therefore see Lucy in myself I love that. Yeah, like like I keep saying, you def- your performance in season one influenced a lot of the way she was written in season two, and I love I love it when actors do that so much. It's why it's why I'm like so insanely grateful to be working with like all of you guys who just bring like so much fucking talent and skill to the characters, because it makes my and Lucy's job as writers so much easier. Because it's like, well, what would Lincoln do in this situation? Uh, let's listen to this one episode. Yeah, I get it now. <laughs> and that is really the best thing that you can ask for in an actor. Um, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be God's special little snowflake here, and I'm gonna say Sufi. <laughs> not to, I not to, not to say that the best character in the show is the yeah. one I relate to, but <laughs> put it down. Can I change my answer to Sufi too? I, I want to be Sufi. <laughs> Please clap. Please clap. Sufi. Sufi is a character who it's like I wish I related to Sufi. God, me too. Sufi is an aspirational character. Sufi, absolutely. Sufi, like Sufi is interesting because like she thinks she's the protagonist, she isn't. But she really could be. <laughs> in a, they're the protagonist of their own particular story. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Sahar did an amazing job playing her. Like oh We couldn't God. have found a more perfect, like, they are just what Sufi sounded like in my head. And then as soon as I heard their voice, I was like, perfect. Yeah, God, Sufi is one of those characters where I'm like, so excited for people to meet her the first episode that i sent you was um actually episode 17 that was the first one i finished editing and so the first one you heard of sufi was the like well actually mike and i was like which is i wish that could have been i wish that could have been their introduction it really it really would have worked so well for them but had to put them in other stuff before yeah i I love i love sufi and i definitely relate to her a lot as like a very go-getter type a kind of person who's like a little bit too into the into every project that i do okay can we just like say stuff that we're excited for season two for that aren't spoilers let's do that to wrap it up to wrap it up no spoilers what are we super excited for for season two well okay i already said sufi um but Gabe and BB's dynamic gets one episode's worth of development but oh my god oh my god (laughs) Does the oh acting in that episode yeah. do so much heavy lifting? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my god, and the performances and like the soundscaping. I'm super excited for episode 14. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Dun, da, da. Oh my god, I'm super excited to be able to talk about my show properly. Oh my no, god, I, know. I, I think it's like the biggest. Do you know how hard this show is to design? pitch? I think I go insane. Do you know how hard the show is to pitch to people? It's gone to the point where if I'm close enough to the person, I'm like, time to spoil the first episode of season two, <laughs> so, so I can get you on I've board. I've so podcast. many of my industry friends episode nine just because I wanted to talk about it and I just couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, for real, for real. Okay, so like this 
this show has given me a fantastic new thing to say when new, when your your brand new class in college asks you asks you what's a fun fact about you. But how how do you how do you pitch this? How do you pitch the show that you're in when the season when when season two basically like. Uh, it's I, the meat when, when you when you cannot actually tell them what genre it is correctly, <laughs> right? Without without misleading them as to the eight episodes that are out, like it's I, it's, it's so hard to talk about to to just general people. And so I so I'm excited to be able to like pitch it more easily. Mm-hmm. I have the same problem as well as I'm trying to like bring it. I want to bring it up all the time, but I'm like. How, how do I describe your what? entire actual character is a spoiler. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I don't know what to say. Uh, well, cause like, I just got, I just got done doing community theater and like, what? I would like, I would like <laughs> mention it to people and they'd be like, what's it about? Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, do you have like 40 minutes <laughs> to get into like the intricacies the whole thing technically you could answer what is it about in six words all of them are spoilers but all of them will make gay people go insane and you know what like i said it depends on how close i am with them there's a point where i've been like i just used those six words and you're gonna kill me for it when i see you in person but Mm -hmm. one day i'm going to come to california um and lucy and i will have to battle to the death (laughs) i'm gonna die (laughs) it will be televised it's it's going to be an event. <laughs> you know what else will be an event? Season two of Where the but... Stars Fell, which is coming out December 3rd, 2021 at 12 a.m. EST. I am having to do so much weird stuff with scheduling the episodes because we're on CST. But 12 a.m. EST, mark your calendars. Um, eh, we, are, we are all obviously so excited to bring this to you. Thank mm-hmm. you for listening to however long this was, I'm going to have so much editing to do. Um, <laughs> you're on Halloween tomorrow, no less. But thank you all so much for listening. Thank all of you so much for coming. Um, it's going to be amazing because all of you are amazing. And with that, I think we're going to sign off. And um, dear listeners, have a great day. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Broadcasting, this is Roger Bergato Fisher, communications, something, Moonbase, wherever. You guys can sort out the next thing. I need to get the rover checked and loaded. Jung? On it, boss. Excuse me? If communication still makes a difference at this point in the plot, if we can keep this base or this moon together long enough to be a thing. I changed my direction. I worked my way down. I took those scraps, the bits they'd forgotten about or thrown away, and I built my own place. Still inside, but within the shadows. All my thoughts, my hopes, all of my heart is on a makeshift rocket hurtling towards us with the most precious of cargo. We'll definitely deserve a celebration. Not like yours. You and your boy down there? I hope he's got a private room waiting. It'll be enough to be close again. Ah, meu amado. When I have Alex back in my arms, maybe then I can think about resistance. We've kept the corporations at arm's length longer than most. Well, whatever you're building, here or wherever, I'm in. Any way we can help. It feels like we're approaching the closing stage of this journey. The final stop. But either way, 
spit one hell of a story. And either way, it ends with Alex. Moonbase Theta Out, the final season. Broadcasting on your podcast feeds starting August 14th. For early access, join us at patreon.com slash monkeymanproductions. Moonbase Theta, out.